Today on Crossfire Faith and Gaming, the podcast, Brian Swift and I talk about sports ball and more. Um, yeah, welcome to another episode of Crossfire Faith and Gaming. Uh, we're recording this second podcast on the same day we recorded last podcast, where we talked a little bit about camp. This podcast also brought to you by Brian and David, because Russ apparently has no internet. So it is what it is. Um, that being said, we're here to talk about some fishing and some sports balling and stuff like that. Brian, anything else you want to talk about today? Why don't you talk about the topic? Yeah, let's kick it off with uh, a little fishing game that you've been playing, although I think it's maybe more than just fishing. <laughs> you played it, Dredge it, recently. I yeah. Think, on stream. Yeah, I did today. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, uh, April the 3rd, and Dredge uh, was my game of the afternoon wonderful, beautiful little fishing game that I think if you're careful could be just a fun little fishing game, uh, but also has some weird, deep mystery to it. Uh, much the same way that, you know, if you want sea of thieves could just be a game where you sail the ocean with friends, uh, or, you know, you could get into the deep lore and mysteries of that game as well. So I, I played this game dredge really knowing nothing about it. Honestly, just hearing that it was a game that was coming out. I watched the trailer, thought, okay, that's a neat little kind of puzzle, like, you know, maybe a fun mobile type game. Uh, But then I looked at the Steam reviews and realized it was reviewed overwhelmingly positive on Steam. And uh, I take Steam reviews pretty uh, seriously. And there's been so many games that you see and you think, well, this is just this tiny little minor game, but it's overwhelmingly positive on Steam. And there's something more to be said for it. So uh, yeah, it seems like a fun little fishing game where you also find out that the village is kind of weird, the mayor's kind of weird, the fish are kind of weird, and there's a lot more to the mystery of what's going on in the world of Dredge than uh, might meet the eye. So, Brian, what are your thoughts? A, well, I, for, first of all, I watched a little bit of the stream, and uh, I was intrigued to to uh, get your thoughts on the inventory management, the way that you have to manage inventory. You want to talk a little bit about that? (laughs) Yes. Uh, On the stream, I was referring to it as fish Tetris uh, because it's just this kind of little block diagram of your inventory. And of course, you know, like a boat, it's got some space at the front, more space in the middle, less space towards the back. And so the blocks are distributed that way. But then the fish, you know, if you catch an eel, it's like a three by one grid. Uh, If you catch a cod it's like three around a corner then you get a key later in the game that's like a big l-shaped thing then you catch a stingray that's like a big circle with a tail coming out of the back so you've got to manage your inventory as you go to try to figure out i don't really have space for everything and you've got to rearrange and so it's got an interesting inventory management um, system and then beyond the fish i mean you also you dredge up some junk uh, off the bottom of the the harbor there. And, you know, you come to find out that there's junk, you know, so the junk takes different shapes too, an old rusty engine or a board or whatever else you find. So that's kind of fascinating too, playing fish Tetris. What were your thoughts on that when you saw it? Yeah, on I thought, I thought that was brilliant. I mean, games have been doing this a long time. It harkens back to really older games that I can think of like Diablo. And I think some of the like resident evil series had, uh, inventory management like this as well. Um, and I always find that kind of fun in a weird sort of way. I know that like 
it can get in the way of the like uh, the main gameplay loop. Um, and so I think a lot of modern games have, have gotten rid of this, but I don't know. There's, there's something fun about it of like, oh, I got to fit this last thing in and I got to rearrange everything so that it all fits. I don't know. I thought that was a, a very fun touch for this game to have. Um, and to me, it's, it's like a puzzle mini game that's within the game just by the existence of having an inventory management. And, and I certainly appreciate it. I think more so than you know, I'm thinking back to like some of the older Tomb Raider games where you're like, okay, so I'm this lady running around with like short shorts and a tank top and like the world's tiniest backpack. Yet I'm holding a hundred rounds of ammunition and like 17 different weapons that I'm just like pulling out. Like, you know, here comes like a crossbow out of the backpack and you're going, what? <laughs> you know, but I think then also, um, and this reminds me of like uh, parts of no man's sky have this same kind of thing where you then have to upgrade your storage, right? And maybe the upgraded storage is easier to manage because it's a better shape or maybe it's got just more blocks, um, things like that. So, yeah, that's good. It does open up opportunities in terms of an obvious upgrade for your ship, right? Like if you are able to buy a better ship in this game, pre- presumably it would have more space to maybe store stuff and maybe is a, is a better or more ideal shape for fitting stuff in. Right. It's, yeah, it's a cool idea. And to me, it like, it speaks to the reality of life, uh, both I think physically and temporally, right? Like there is not room for everything you want to do in life. You know, there's not enough room in everybody's house for all the stuff you want to own. There's not enough time in the day for all the things you want to do. Like you have to make hard choices in life about how to, how to fit that in. And so uh, there's a question, you know, I don't want to go too far off the deep end here with the, uh, you know, pun not intended, but that's funny. Um, (laughs) you know, I was talking to my son. I said, this is a game that's really going to get you hooked. And then I realized I had said the pun. Um, But I think that how we fit what we fit into our day, into our lives, into our spaces um, speaks a lot as to what our priorities are, right? You know, one, one thing you could probably see if you're watching on the podcast right now, I've got a bicycle behind me, right? Like there's a huge bicycle right here. And it, it was a, point that I had to make intentionally to fit a bicycle. It's on a little exercise trainer into my space so that I could do some exercise on the bike. And if I don't make space to do that, then I don't make space in my life for exercise. The same is true for time. If I don't make, I can have the bicycle here, but if I don't make time in my schedule for exercise, then it's not going to happen. And I think the same is also true for our faith. Like if you don't make space in your day for faith, if you don't make space in your, in your day for reading scripture, uh, for engaging with people in a community of faith, uh, for prayer, uh, and you know, and if you don't explore those weird, deep mysteries, uh, that come up that you go, this is interesting. You know, this, there's something here that's, that's more interesting than meets the eye. Um, like in dredge, you, something weird's going on. You got to find out what it is. Um, then, then you're just going to leave your life on the surface. So, man, I, lo- I love that. I love how you turned that around and <laughs> brought the faith aspect in there. And I, I mean, parts of our faith and you know parts of the Bible are a little weird, right? But um, they're also very deeply cool. 
um, and, you know, wonderful to explore as well. Yeah. I think, I think that also ties into this particular game. Um, would you say that dredge is a bit roguelike? It seems like maybe it's, it's got that kind of aspect to it. Now remind me, cause roguelike is defined as like a game that's it's like, that's what procedurally generated or it's different mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Procedurally um, generated permanent de- permadeath. Usually, I don't know if it has that, but it feels like that kind of game. So I don't know. Yeah. It feels like, and, and I don't know. Um, cause I think as you go out in the boat every day, um, I think some of the same fish do appear in the same spots, right? So like I, I had to remember, oh, I'm going after um, arrow squid and the arrow squid are in this particular location was where I found them before. So I, I think it does have the same stuff every time. So I don't know that there's so much of a roguelike okay. to it. Um, would be neat if there was. Um, you know, to me, one of the things I found overwhelming about the game uh, and this, I think, you know, here, this speaks to life too. And just management of your life um, was very quickly. It was like, uh, here's a person who can help you manage your ship. Here's a person who's going to ask you for fish. You meet like seven different characters, all of whom want something of you, <laughs> you know? And so very quickly you're like, oh, I went from this guy wants a fish to this guy wants a fish and this guy wants some junk and this guy wants a fish and this guy wants some junk and this lady wants engine parts and this other person wants me to bring them a key and this other person, you know, and you have to make hard choices about what you're going to do with your time. Um, because time is limited every day. You're like, you only have so many hours. And if you try to just stay up till 3am, you're going to go crazy and you're going to start seeing things out in the deep ocean. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting thing. I, I do want to shout out really quick to Lonnie, uh, who's one of our big Patreon supporters. Uh, Sticks is his username. Uh, he was saying in the thing, you know, it'd be so much easier if Jesus was on your boat because he would just catch all the fish all at once. That's right. Oh, man, that's good. There's there's so many tie-ins in terms of, uh, you know, f- fishing and, uh, and the life of Jesus, for sure. You might even say it's like a catch-all. You might. You might. <laughs> Maybe I was just fishing for puns there. Yeah. Well, that's what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> here at Crossfire Faith Gaming and Fishing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'll change the subject to the next question that I had for you, uh, which uh, was MLB The Show. Yeah. Has come out. It's on Game Pass. Yes. Uh, have I've you played, played it? For, I've played it for 10 minutes. You... Okay. It's not even long enough to get like a whole game in. I literally loaded it up. I played through like the intro and then I, and then I got into the menu and saw some of the stuff in there, uh, which I, I mean, so far I think it's really neat. Like there was even a part of me that wanted to play it on stream today, but then I decided to play dredge instead. Um, especially because I, I was really appreciative that they had this whole section that starts off kind of right off the bat. Um, highlighting the Negro leagues as, you know, one of the history elements of the show and really talking about, you know, like right here, I just loaded it up and it says, you know, play as baseball's forgotten stars with classic stadiums, uniforms, and mashups. Um, you know, cause there are some of the, the best baseball players in all of baseball history who still to this day don't have um, their players in the MLB hall of fame. 
right? And so there's the the Negro Leagues Hall of Fame, and um, but it's it's a part of baseball history that I think we best not forget. Um, yeah, I think that's a great addition to the game. Really fantastic. One thing that baseball has, and I think David and I are probably going to get into sports ball pretty deep here, but uh, one thing that baseball has versus really many other sports is a deep history, right? Baseball goes way back. Um, There have been many important players and the game of baseball certainly has held high importance, especially in American culture. uh, You know, when you look back into the past uh, and really American culture and baseball are inextricably linked. Um, And that's one of the things that I think is really special about the game. So I think for MLB, the show to really um, embrace that is important. And as you said, um, you know, the Negro leagues uh, for, I think for, for some people, there's a, a lack of familiarity there in terms of some of the best baseball players that have ever come along. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I know that Satchel Paige is in this game. Uh, I think has a really weird li- uh, uh, windup, um, but also was amazing. Right. Yeah, and, and, and it was kind of fun. Well. I loaded that, that section up and it was kind of fun. They were talking about like, you know, he said that he was like in his forties when he was playing, but most people estimate he was at least 10 years older than that. Like, <laughs> So, you know, just like one of the oldest players too, uh, one of the players with the longest, uh, you know, histories, but yeah, I just loaded it up here. You got Satchel Page, Hilton Smith, Rube Foster, Hank Thompson, Buck O'Neill, of course, Jackie Robinson, who most people are familiar with from his time in the major leagues, uh, right. but not so much the fact that he came from the Negro leagues, right? That's right. Um, John Donaldson, uh, Martin Digio, uh, and, and just so many more, you know, but, but I think like you said, I think to understand that, um, that baseball was, it was a reflection of culture, right? The segregation at the time, the, you know, you were post slavery, but you were still fully under Jim Crow laws, uh, and that segregation. And yet also that the important role, I think that baseball played in helping to change people's hearts, um, to see people as equal, um, so yeah, just, just a huge piece of American history. Um, I'd be fascinated if they ever get the, uh, the, you know, women's leagues into this in terms of history, uh, you know, the, the league of their own type, yeah. you know, during, during the war when women played, uh, because all the men were gone at war. Um, that'd be a fun, fascinating addition. So MLB the show, if you're listening, make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's hope. Or they, maybe it already uh, did, and I missed it. That's you know. <laughs> I know for you, you uh, probably barely touched MLB the show before it came to Xbox, right? Yeah, I, exactly. I'm I'm actually looking forward to playing at this time since it's on Game Pass. Um, I haven't, you know, when it was exclusive to PlayStation. Obviously, not having a PlayStation, uh, I was kind of locked out of it. So, sure. Um, I'm really, I'm glad it's on it's on Game Pass for sure. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I assume it incorporates some of the new baseball rules. So for those that maybe aren't familiar with baseball, there's a couple of major changes. One is the pitch clock, 
which also is actually a hitter's clock as well. It um, forces players to be ready quicker, which is one of the major complaints that's existed in baseball for a long time is that it takes too long. And part of that is just like the pitcher and batter, just like, you know, screwing around, like, like not, not getting right. ready or calling right. time a whole bunch right. of times. Check first base, check again, <laughs> That's right. throw over there. Okay. Yeah. No, well, which is uh, another no, major like change. Pitch. You can only throw per player. I think you can only throw over twice. And if you throw over a third time, it has to either be an out uh, or else they get the, they get to advance bases. That's so right. that's a major change. The bases are physically bigger, which means yep. that the space between them is ever so slightly shorter. Um, yeah. They've also no more... gotten rid of the, uh, the shift is probably mm-hmm. the major, the other major change I can think of uh, where they're now requiring infielders to be two infielders on one side of second base and two infielders on the other. So there's only so far that you can shift your infielders, uh, right. which again was another thing. A lot of people complained about in terms of, because hitter tendencies were so well known um, players that tended to pull the ball, which means, you know, kind of hit to your strong side. um, They, a lot of them have trouble hitting the other way. So going to the other field and they would just stack a whole bunch of players on one side. So there was just no room to get a hit. So that is no more. Um, And I think all of those are positive changes. And I, I would expect to see all of those in the game. So, um, Again, I think they've, I think they've that's also got good. the the City Connect jerseys. Uh, whether you like them or hate them, the City <laughs> Connect jerseys are part of this year's too. I'm going through yes. like the San Diego Padres, you know, all their different eras of uniforms, and including the City Connect jerseys. So, all right, some some throwback jerseys, I assume as well. I think oh yeah, oh yeah. You've nice. got the 70s and 80s, and I, you know, I'm I'm assuming teams that are older than that. You can go way way back. But, yeah, there's uh, some. There's some truly awful uh, uniforms <laughs> from from particularly the 70s. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I mean, even though I like the older Padres colors of the the brown and yellow, they've gone back to the the taco hats uh, with the yellow triangle. They called them the taco hats because it looked like there was a taco on the side. Not not one of the favorite eras, but um, you know, I think that the interesting thing with the baseball rules change really is that. Uh, it's an, as I understand it, it's an effort to, uh, speed up the game to make the games really go from three and a half hours down to two, two and a half hours. Um, which I think in a way is a great example. And we've seen this all, all over the place in games, uh, of game developers, right. And this is the same thing with physical games, uh, listening to their audience and saying, Oh, you want a shorter game? Uh, are you listening? Assassin's Creed. Um, you know, oh, you want a game that's playable within 20 hours, uh, you know, instead of 70 hours of slog. Um, so I, I think it's a great example of that. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, and with, with that, I think we're just about running out of time here, Brian. So any other sports okay. ball updates? I know we talked about the NCAA championships happening, but I don't know that we can get into it. But I'd love to hear from everybody out there if, uh, if they're fans of sports or not a fan of sports. Uh, what are they into? What are they not? Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you and I are both uh, pretty big sports fans and at least follow certain sports relatively closely. Um, those may differ. I'm really into basketball. I think you're not, but. Um, Generally not but, so much, uh, but 
That's you know, okay. I think there's there's a certain subset of of gamers who are not into the sports ball, um, but there are those of us that that love both. Uh, and I think I think what you mentioned earlier in terms of you know making rule changes to these quote unquote real games, right, is uh is is really similar in a lot of ways to the way developers change video games for the yeah. better. You know, I can certainly think of. Uh, changes to things like Rocket League and the way that that game works um, that were huge improvements. Um, and we've seen this with many of the like competitive shooters as well that were, you know, they've at times made significant changes that have improved those games. So it, it's similar and uh, sometimes it backfires, but I, I think in this case for baseball, it's these changes are all very welcome. Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of what we're doing at Crossfire as well, right? You know, we're, we're being the church, uh, in a way that is hopefully more easily digestible for most of our audience than perhaps even physical church. And so, uh, for people that want to engage with their faith, but don't want to step inside a physical building every single week, uh, I love that Crossfire is an option. So, um, here's to being adaptable. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, uh, quick reminder, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, we've got our summer camp coming up. I'd love for you to check out more about that at crossfire.camp. Uh, as always, we love your support at patreon.com slash church for gamers. Huge shout out to all of our supporters, especially Lonnie, who's one of our top tier supporters. Uh, and you know, please sign up to support us, uh, sponsor a camper. Let us know if you'd like to do that. And we will see you next time on the crossfire faith and gaming podcast. Have a good week. God bless. Oh!